0: Good morning. It is a delight to be here at Woodmont again. A few of you were present in this sanctuary, a very few, 31 years ago when I was installed as your regional minister here in Tennessee, a ministry I so enjoyed. So many good memories and friends in this place, too many to name, but including Roy and Clay Stauffer, and I got a chance to hug Andra this morning and meet her daughter. Wow! So It's been ten years. Uh, ten years just isn't what it used to be. <laughs> I thank Clay for the invitation to stand here today and pray that his sabbatical is going well. I bring you greetings from Trey and Marilot Flowers who have recently moved to Beargrass Christian Church in Louisville. I facilitate a clergy support group of which Trey has been a part the last few years, and Marilot and I serve together as trustees at Christian Theological Seminary. They're both great people and remember you with love. <clears throat> the last time I preached here, I think, was when the General Assembly was in Nashville in 2011. Clay graciously invited me to preach one of the services that morning and asked which service I would like to preach. So I asked him, of course, uh, who's also preaching that morning. He said, Fred Craddock. So I responded, do you think I'm crazy? (laughs) I'll preach first service. Thank you very much. Of course, as I entered the sanctuary, every single seat but mine was filled, and I knew it would be because everybody wanted to be sure they would have a seat when Fred preached the next service. (laughs) But that's okay. It worked out great for me. (laughs) Liturgically, this time in the church year between Pentecost and Advent is called ordinary time. We tend to think of uh, the days of Christmas and Easter as extraordinary days in the Church calendar, but these ordinary days uh, are important when we are not distracted by the cultural aspects of Christmas and Easter. And they are excellent days for us to concentrate on spiritual growth, which is why the pyramids in this season are green. This morning I want to simply lift up the fact that God is with us in all the days of the year, in both the ordinary and the extraordinary, and that makes God's ordinary presence itself extraordinary. Psalm 139 is my very favorite psalm and I want to share with you why it is this morning and encourage you to take up this psalm for yourself. We don't teach memory verses, I think, much anymore, but I think we should, because when you memorize a passage, it gets inside you and becomes a resource for the rest of your life. These words of Psalm 139, especially in the Revised Standard Version, I usually prefer the NRSV, but in this case I like the Revised Standard Version, these words just soar. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, Thou art there, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall hold me, and thy right hand shall lead me." This became my favorite psalm after Mindy and I returned from a flying trip to Florida back in 1973. We took off from the Indianapolis area just before sunrise in our Piper Cherokee with high clouds that were forecasted to lift and dissipate as we went south. And That word had come through the National Weather Service, which is a function of the federal government, and in those days I thought whatever the government said was true, so those clouds were going to dissipate. So we headed south. But as we flew, the cloud cover began to lower rather than to break up. But clouds sometimes do lower right before they break up, so I flew on. We were soon flying through the high hills of northern Kentucky, and there I made a very bad rookie pilot mistake flying between two hills into weather that I should not have flown into. I was soon surrounded by hilltops so that I had no navigational radio functioning, which meant I really did not know where we were, and the ceiling was still dropping and thus forcing us to fly closer to the ground in order to stay below those clouds. I couldn't find the pass through which we had come into this high valley. So we flew around for a bit, and we came upon a town, and I flew in low circles around it trying to find out where we were. There were people on the street—I kid you not—who were pointing up at us, and I think I could see their mouths hanging open. We got so low, finally, that I confirmed where we were by reading the sign on the edge of town which said, welcome to Greensburg, Kentucky. I now realized there was nowhere to land safely, no airport around that town and uh, no flat land to speak of, no way out but up through the clouds. I was a visual Flight Rules pilot, VFR, not qualified to fly on instruments, but I had no choice. Fortunately, every VFR pilot does get some instruction in instrument flying for just such a situation as this. But doing it with an instructor sitting next to you and doing it with your trusted spouse sitting next to you is a bit different. I was terrified. What if new radio, a new radio tower had been built since my chart was printed? What if there was another plane flying in the clouds above? Somebody maybe who was instrument rated. How high did the clouds go? How could I be so stupid? So sweating bullets. And in the midst of fear and trembling, I prayed earnestly for calm. I turned south away from the closest hills, leveled the wings, pushed the throttle forward, and lifted the nose, hoping I would soon break out through the top of the clouds. Instantly, of course, I could see nothing through the windshield But a grayish white. So I kept my eyes focused on the instruments. And then suddenly, a calm sense of God's presence came over me. I can't explain it, but it was a strong sense that the presence of God was there with me. We were in the clouds for about 20 minutes, finally breaking out at 11,000 feet, very close to the limit of where a normally aspirated piston engine can fly, and close to the limit of where a pilot can fly without an oxygen mask. The sky was bright blue up there, and the Sun lit up the beautiful white cloud deck now below, and we continued to head south for St. Petersburg. As we passed over Nashville, the clouds finally broke up, and we were flying in clear skies. The rest of the trip, including the return, was uneventful, but I will never forget the panic that had been welling up in my throat nor the sudden sense of calm that overtook my fear as we ascended into that sea of clouds. Soon after we got home, as I was reading the Bible, I came across Psalm 139 again for the first time. If I take the wings of the morning, and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Thy hand shall hold me. And I remembered how a sense of God's presence and a resulting calm had come over me in that cockpit. It was not a miracle in the way that term is usually used. The skies didn't part. No invisible hand Uh, guided our plane, but that sense of God's presence and the ensuing calm in the face of imminent disaster had made it possible for me to do what I had been trained to do in an emergency. And I gave thanks to God again, and I have drawn on that psalm and that experience of God's presence time and again over the years in both ordinary and extraordinary circumstances. That was a case where God's presence was so real, so palpable, that it helped me do what I had been trained to do. I wonder if you have personally had that kind of an experience of the presence of God. Not everyone has. In fact, as a pastor who has been with people in difficult life experiences, I know that many people have had the opposite experience. When people are utterly helpless in the face of a medical emergency for themselves, or for a spouse or child or other loved one, many have no sense of God's presence at all. Under such circumstances, we would all love to have an experience of God's presence that would comfort us and give us strength, but sometimes we just can't feel it. That doesn't make us bad or faithless. It just means that our senses are so overwhelmed with fear, anxiety, or helplessness that we can feel little else. I confess to you that when our daughter, at the age of three, contracted spinal meningitis, I couldn't feel God's presence For the life of me. The senior pastor with whom I worked as an associate pastor came to visit us, which we appreciated because there are few lonelier places than a hospital waiting room, but I still couldn't feel God's presence. It was only after our daughter was well that I began to have that sense of God's presence again. That didn't make me bad or unfaithful. I was just overwhelmed. But our being overwhelmed doesn't mean that God isn't actually present. As Paul says in the eighth chapter of Romans, neither death God may feel absent to us, but God is still there, loving us, always. God is never absent. Having a passage to pray, to repeat regularly, can help. Other traditions have learned this, and so they pray the rosary or repeat mantras. I have found Psalm 139, 1-12, and especially verses 7-10, to to be a comfort in time of trouble and a powerful help in reconnecting to the presence of God, whatever the circumstances in which I find myself. So, this morning, I encourage you to memorize this passage. That's your homework assignment, okay? Or another passage that speaks to you. And I ask you to repeat it often, even before trouble comes, even when things are great. Put it on your refrigerator, or on your bathroom mirror, or on your dashboard or wherever you will regularly see it. Let me say those words again. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning, and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Even there thy hand shall hold me." Take these words, memorize them, consume them, let them fill your being. Even if they can't enable you to feel the presence of God in the extraordinary moment, They can, in that moment, remind you of the truth that you can feel later in the ordinary times. The truth that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The truth that God is extraordinarily present with us in every day. whether we can always feel it or not. This is the good news. Thanks be to God.